coming on on Wednesday. I've got that in the schedule. So just think about tomorrow. Cool. All right, buddy. Hey, folks. We're live, Joe. Hey, hey, hey. I'm eating just my, killing some time. My favorite, what are you eating? My favorite fruit combo, watermelon and pineapple. Mm, that's interesting. I never think I, I think I've ever combined those two. I like watermelon like with lime. Sweet can, yeah, I love watermelon with lime's great. Yeah, it's like a sour sweet candy. It's good. It sounds like it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's an interesting combination. Mm -hmm. I love because you know the wa watermelon's got that nice sort of alkaline flavor to it, where it's not, it doesn't taste super sour, but it tastes like it's got something. And then pineapple, of course, is super acidic. Mm -hmm. So it must be a good combination. I'll have to try that. Might it's be good in a really smoothie good. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely a good in a smoothie, man. Most good. Yeah. All right. So you're but, uh, uh, you're going to the dentist today. Yeah. Yeah. That's I always. Fine. It's never really a much to do, good. but it's like one of those things where I just procrastinate. It's kind of like doing the scramble right now to get new contact lenses i didn't realize my prescription was expired and so you know then i'm like but now they're convenient they let you do a prescription online and i'm like oh, oh that's yeah cool. that's gonna be <laughs> like so stand 10 feet away and read these letters it's like oh, oh really? okay <laughs> yeah and then you do totally. well i think it's they're not issuing new prescriptions they're just kind of like oh, doing people. a dummy up of whatever you already have and so you know, like you have to basically say you did the exam within the last two years and you have to, um, uh, you can't say that you need a new prescription. So it's just kind of skirting the issues of people needing a prescription for, you know, disposable contacts or, you know, I just shred through those things because, you know, I'll put them in the morning and literally pull them out when I'm in bed at night kind of wow. thing. So, wow. I have not ever used contacts. Um, I've always been a glasses guy. I mean, I didn't start wearing glasses till I was forty, but um, still, I, uh, I I have not uh, I have not experienced it. It makes gives me the heebies the idea of sticking That's, my fingers in my eye. A lot of people freak out on that. It's uh, but you know they've gotten a lot better since. I remember my first pair in the last millennium. And you had to have these boxes where you, I think they're actually made out of glass. And you had to have these boxes where you sterilize them at night. Oh, yeah. All this yeah. is total pain in the behind. And you don't now have to they do just any come in. So one day, or you just basically open it, stick them in, and throw them away when you're done. That's cool. So you get like about, it ends up being about like mm, 700 bucks a year for, for two, you know, for both, both eyes, of course, for, you know, every day. Whereas, you know, when I was really buying a lot of like prescription sunglasses and stuff, those were always like, I remember those being like seven, 800 bucks. Oh yeah. And, you know, so to me, I, I like it better. And I mean, these are like just readers that I throw on when I have to like, you know, look at computer screens and things like that, or look at a small screen or read. Um, but, you know, I, the contacts are great. Well, that's awesome. I recommend it, but you know, my dad's the same way. He freaks out about the eyes, Yeah, you know, where I freak out about needles and things like that. You know, he just can't do eyes. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll be like, wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, are those contact lenses still in or not? And I'm like trying to move around and I'll be like trying to see if one's in there. And of course there's not one in there. <laughs> and you're like rubbing, you know, you got your finger on your eye trying to find it. And you can't find it <laughs> it's just because to show you how, 
you know, at the beginning, I'd be freaked out, you know, 30 odd years ago. Right now, I'll just stick my finger in my eye and I'd go, oh, not there. But, you know, it's not, not too handy during the COVID times, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, Sticking viral load in your eyes all the time. <laughs> that's the one downside is you really got to make sure your hands are clean. Um, <laughs> Chuck laying in because, uh, you know, you can't pass colds and stuff around if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but so, hey, so- I was telling Brad before you guys got on that uh, – I was, I don't know if anybody's been playing around with the ordinals lately, but I was playing around with um, ordinal finance and ordinex over the last like four or five days. And, um, you know, those have been popping. I did like, you know, ordinal finance did like a four or five X over like two or three days. And, uh, you know, ordinex, I just moved winnings onto that uh, yesterday. But are you, hmm? are you creating, are you creating NFTs or or what do you know? No. I'm just speculating. So you're buying them I'm on the trade- market, reselling them, flipping no, them? No, I'm just buying the tokens. I'm not buying NFTs. Yeah, I'm just oh, buying these tokens. Are projects that have tokens, too. I get it. Right. I didn't understand. Yeah. That. Well, you know, it's quite the buzz. And I started thinking about it that, you know, the IRS kind of came out quietly a few days ago and said that with NFTs that they're not securities or collectibles. They don't know what they are. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I would assume you should still you know report those winnings if you have any, but um, you know, to me, I have a, I was thinking about NFTs and I was thinking about the Bitcoin chain and Bitcoin DeFi and all those things, and it seems to kind of hit a lot of the things that a lot of our listeners like, you know, NFTs and you know extending the use case of Bitcoin. Right. So you know, I started messing around with it, but you know, I mean, I don't know anything about these companies. I'm just playing the movements and that's it. But, you know, for the traders amongst us, it might be something to take a look at. Where do the tokens live on, on like ETH or something? Yeah, they're on ETH. Okay. So you do have to put up with, you know, the $15 gas fees, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, for each, each one. Um, and one of them has a, had a tax. It says a coin gecko has a tax transaction, like a slippage thing, like, Remember how I think it was Azuki had one where if you sold, you had to set slippage at like 8% or something to cover the uh-huh. exit tax. Right. But they, they got rid of that. So there isn't one anymore. And I think that was Ordinex. But, you know, anything, any more ordinal companies people run across, I'd love to talk about them more on the show. Um, yeah. Just because I, I think it's an interesting place that gets a lot, can get a lot of attention right now. And everywhere I turn around, it's just NFT this, NFT that. And, and then I go look at OpenSea, and I'm like, okay, so there's a lot of talk, but I don't see a lot of action over here. Well, I'm just um, curious how they, how they, um, how it, how trading over here in tokens relates to the NFTs that are created on Binance, on Bitcoin with ordinals. I, I, I'm curious about that. I really want to check it out. That's cool. Oh, I, I don't know if. It's- well, look, I don't know if the tokens have any like platform functionality per se. I think it's, I think their mantras are something like, you know, build the best platform for, you know, either trading. One was like, what was it calling it? Uh, getting mixed up with life sciences in my head, but it sounded like it was like transcriptors or something like that, um, which I guess is the pointers right um where they are and then the other one's trying to build a big ecosystem out like a blur or an open sea or something like that so 
have a feeling that they're more just, you know, tokens to raise money than actual, like, I mean, maybe the, the pointer one might be some technical functionality, but I think they're just raising to go build the, you know, biggest and best thing ever. And, you know, we know how that goes. Um, yeah. It doesn't always go well. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely something to look at. It's fun. I made money on it, awesome. but you know, it doesn't make you think, you know, I went down to the NFT Miami conference last week and or Friday and, you know, I, I really didn't. <laughs> there you go, Chuck. Yes. There you go, buddy. Um, it, it dude, it was like, um, other than the strippers working out front, you know, to like generate customers. Um, there wasn't a lot going on there, dude. It was like the, that convention really? center got compressed down to like about 20% of the space. And I mean, they were valiantly trying, but you know, look, there were no ordinals companies there. There was no like, you know, I'm trying to think I saw one company there exhibiting that I actually knew who it was. And it wasn't Chainlink, but it was somebody like that. It was, a, you know, like, wow, what are they doing here? Um, so, you know, it was gone in the days of the line going around the block to get into the Miami NFT conference. So, yeah. you know, but I did meet one group, but I was going I met a, some locals there that I want to introduce you to in particular. Um, uh, new metaverse type company, but it's a phone deployed one and it allows you to, to do a whole bunch of uh, like digital avatar kind of stuff, digital me, second me, or whatever you want to call that stuff. Um, and they're local and it's a public company subsidiary. So nice. I was thinking about what um, I mentioned the stuff that we were doing with. Um, What's Corey's company called? Corey. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Lewandowski, but that was Trump's campaign guy. It's, no. um, yeah, it's not him. It's, was Hold it like Upliftium or Upland Uplift, or something like that? Uplift was? World. Yeah. Uplift World. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I kind of mentioned a little, I was mentioning that little demo that, you know, uh, Chuck put together. And, you know, what was going on in Minecraft and in Uplift. And uh, they're all over it. So, you know, we need to talk about that. But it's, you know, the, what I was getting to, the, the extension I was getting to is, how, you know, who knows what's happening with ordinals and NFTs. And everybody was talking metaverse last year and all these metaverse are empty, basically. Right. So, you know, people are looking for uh, applications and functionality. And these guys being a sub of a public company, they have budget, they have money all of those things. So I thought it'd be a good, uh, yeah, you know, maybe absolutely. something for, to revisit with them. Well, I mean, I think um, you and I called metaverse a long time ago that there just wasn't, um, there wasn't, uh, a, uh, the, uh, there just wasn't anything captivating to keep people in there all the time. Nobody wanted to live there. I mean, you know, who, it's just not there. Yeah. You know, the other ones that came before it that were not, you know, token based crypto based, they, they were a game that built the community that built the capabilities. Right. And so just this general world that looks cool and has some funky interface and capabilities is not, it's not enough to keep people in it. It's just not enough. No. It's not enough to make you click and go back to it. It's not, it's just not, it's, it's you, know. you know, what made me intrigued by these guys is for the same reasons, same points I said to them, that we just said, you know, it's, I was like, you know, nobody's going to be sitting in a, friggin' chase lounge with a headset on all day playing in the metaverse. That's just not going to happen. No. Um, but then he started talking about the mobile app and I started thinking, 
you know, maybe the metaverse does play in ways where instead of, you know, where people are just scrolling through feeds on social and stuff, maybe if it turned into like the scroll, like the de facto kill time move, you know, on your mobile while you're sitting on a train or something like that, killing time instead of rolling through social, or maybe if there's a way to do, I don't know if they said they had this or not, but maybe there's a way to do decentralized social in a metaverse platform. So people go there to see social media uh, postings and things like that. I mean, I don't know if that's possible. I'm sure it is, but I don't know if everybody's already doing it, but you know, I think if it takes over that like time kill function of like, you know, where people are just killing time on the phones that might have some applications but not in a sense of go hang out and bungee jump or something yeah. like that, but in well, and it's ways that are work processes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, until it's, until it's like built into my glasses or something, you know, this idea, I might want to play with it on my phone. I like that. And it makes sense. I like the idea of when you're killing time, that that's a perfect use of that, but are you going to put on the fucking headset or are you going to load up into the world on your browser? I, I, I don't know. And I just think that um, I don't think the tech is where it needs to be yet the hardware tech like apple's coming out with a new headset which i think is a smart move from the perspective of they're doing ar vr hybrid right so yeah you'll be able to use it in the real world and 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 augment the world the real world with games graphics etc that at least i think has a little more application to something i would want to spend time in but i don't want to wear a headset all fucking day Right. And they're very focused on, with it on meetings, movie watching, that kind of thing, which, you know, that, that's what a lot of people end up doing with the meta uh, headset. So I don't know. Um, well, but you're ahead. right, dude. Real quick, before we jump into Shizzy's comment, because we have a lot to say there, obviously, um, is that, uh, you know, I am wondering if people really need that fully immersive experience. Right. You know, or, I mean, in the sense of, like you said, with a headset on, a 360 or 180 degree view, I don't know if people really want it or need it. I mean, yes, certain applications, gaming and things like that would be cool. But for what we're talking about, you know, taking over your scroll feed, basically, to knock out some tasks, you don't need it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there's some combination here that is like metaverse light and that can do something. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think, look, physical integration with what your body doing is going to become more important. Evidently, Apple's has like 40 cameras on it, right? But it's also $2,000 a headset, but it has like 40 cameras, so you don't need controllers, you don't need anything. You can just, it just, whatever your body's doing, it's going to do. And so I think there's an opportunity there for them, but again, I think we're years away from the hardware getting to the point where yeah, I'm happy to live in this world and that world because it's seamless, right? I don't have to wear something on my head. I don't have to do something to get into the world. I can just say, visit, you know, so-and-so and it's in my glasses and boom, I go, you know, and then whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, oh wait, Shizzy said, um, NFTs need a jolt. I think that won't happen until anime cartoon companies jump into Web3. Uh, it makes sense. I mean, I think that would drive a shit ton. Um, but there's a high percentage of that market, too, that is opposed to um, uh, NFTs. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Chuck says, the artist side of it. Yeah. 
oops, maybe time to issue some NFTs for something cool. Like, I don't know, maybe executable NFTs. He's hinting around on something he's working on. People to get comfortable with the idea that <laughs> NFTs are useful for stuff besides digital images or game assets. Of course, you know, I agree with you there, Chuck. They're awesome analogs for real world assets as well as permissioning slash provisioning applications. Yeah, and there's a ton of functionality that can be built into <laughs> NFTs that we're starting to see this some protocols trying to do stuff there, but I don't think they've really taken off yet. Uh, Niblet well, says, she's go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I was going to say, remember when we were talking to a developer in El Salvador that was doing an NFT project down there on a real estate development, reach unit yeah. was an NFT. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I lost track with them somewhere along the way, but, um, you know, Chuck would be the ideal person to pull that together with his Invenium experience. Yeah. And his other experience, you know, Absolutely. That something you know, I'm trying to find a project around here um, that is a you know one of my real estate developer buddies who wants to try something along that line, but it's just um, people just glaze over when they hear anything related to you know tech right now from that space, yeah. you know, because well, they're just I, too winged up, thudded out, basically. I think the key to that um, kind of the real world assets play is. You make it so that it's a digital interface to accessing and buying and investing. And you make it so that the setup of a wallet doesn't look like it's a setup of a wallet. And you're know you you, you you're storing an NFT for them, but they don't need to know that. And then you can tell them later, hey, it's represented on the, on the blockchain as an NFT. It's immutable. You can't lose it unless you sell it, right? And then you can explain further but I actually think you can create an ecosystem around something that doesn't even look like it's crypto based, but, but you explain the benefits and the value of having it tokenized in some way. So anyway, Niblet says, Shizzy, image AI bringing anime and AI to Web3. All right, we'll need to look, take a look at image AI. Um, he said, with a side of naughty, which is what built the internet the first time. <laughs> It definitely. Well, that's anime. It definitely. <laughs> it definitely. Uh, porn built the internet. So, uh, Sean said, I don't understand anything anyone is saying. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny too. I love it. Um, says, I you know, one of the head. things, God, I was say, Shizzy, you should, I thought that was pretty cool what he says right here, but um, look at, again, we've talked about him before. Look at like um, Doki Doki, Azuki. There's a big play coming there with, um, in the game they developed after that project called kazuna k-i-z-u-n-a nft go look at that because that game is supposedly ready to go live and right after that happens they're going to take all the leftover azuki and doki holders anybody who used the gotcha machines that's going to all combine into a new token called gotcha so it's an easy way to kind of if you own the azuki and doki stuff you get in on the airdrop merge into gotcha and they're like you know dirt cheap right now i think the total market cap of the Doki Doki token is like 54,000. So if you went in and bought like 5% of it, you know, let's say you drop, you know, five grand on it, then you're going to have 10% of the weight of all the Doki holders in their wallets going into that merge airdrop situation. So right. if you haven't, if you weren't a big spinner of the machines, like, you know, Brad and I were, um, and, you know, held that stuff that's a good way to get in and get eligible for that gotcha token g-a-c-h-a i believe but yeah doki doki and azuki doesn't help us if you do it um but it's a good way for anybody listening to go in if that's their thing anime nfts all of that it might be a way to play it yep not financial advice joe no, and I are not no, no, financial no. advisors we don't make anything from promoting it 
Um, we're just telling you what's going on. Sh- yeah. uh, Shizzy says, I hang out in Oculus Venues app. I watch NBA games from courtside with a friend that lives in Denver. We can communicate like we are next to each other. That's cool. When you say watch games courtside, is this like a camera setup that's meant for the Oculus that that actually like makes you feel like you're watching the game from that seat? That would be frigging awesome. I didn't even know that existed, if that's the way that functions, you know? That's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's that really, would be cool that's, because that's a use case I would do in a heartbeat. I wonder if you could do a. I was just thinking when I go into a tennis tournament once and somehow the ticket I bought on StubHub wasn't working at the check in place and I got some tickets from somebody else and then I called them, they refunded me the money, but it, it made me start thinking since we we're just talking about NFTs. If there was a way, if the ticket was an NFT, and maybe in this Oculus scenario, you know, you because you were talking about where the cameras are set up. Well, you know, what if you're buying virtual seats or, you know, whatever, going through cable to do it, but you could get an actual virtual seat in the arena to watch the yeah. game from. Yeah. And, and you buy an NFT for that. Oh, I like that. And do you get different seats? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Like if I... My son has an Oculus. I I want to check and see if I could do that for my wife tonight to watch UConn because she's, you know, she was a cheerleader at UConn. She's very fired up for the game. And uh, it would be so cool if she could watch her game uh, live like that. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you said UConn. I was seeing Y-U-K-L-N in my head. I was thinking, she was up in the UConn? (laughs) University of Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Chuck, Chuck says, Joe, the Invenium guys are working a lot in Miami. I can give you some contacts. They have some several partners in the property valuation space that are already using it. There you go. Hmm. Niblets, that I mean, sounds Shizzy cool. Says, we'll follow up. Shizzy says, yeah, it's a camera setup. I want to so check this out. Uh, Niblet says, and sell the meta tickets based on NFTs. I love it. So your NFT grants you right to different court locations for the VR position. That's freaking awesome. I think you can yeah. go to a model here. But of course, you have to get access on the venues, et cetera, et cetera. But this is really cool. I mean, I want to check this out. You could have it where it was just, you know, like one camera for each section, basically. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe like, because, you know, in tennis, I'm thinking tennis, not basketball here. Like in tennis, the best seats, in my opinion, are like the baseline seats, the ones like behind the players not on the side. I don't like the side because your head's always going like this back and forth yeah, the whole game. Yeah. And you're like, it's sore on. afterwards. Whereas in basketball, you know, you kind of like center court or maybe like a quarter of the way up court. So you could see the, you know, a lot of the back basket action um, from that angle. But, you know, I don't really like the behind the goal seats in basketball. I mean, I'll right. take them. Don't get me wrong, but it's not my favorite. So you could probably like, you know, do less. And I was sort of thinking along the line of you do a partnership with StubHub and, you know, or Ticketmaster or whatever those, whichever one you're using. And, you know, with maybe, I don't know, maybe each ticket they sell it comes with, or maybe they have two categories. They have the in real life and they have the virtual one. And maybe you can pick the virtual seat up for, you know, 25 bucks or you can get the in real life one for, you know, 800 or whatever you pay for those things. There might be a play there somehow. I don't know. What do you yeah. think? 
I don't, no, I totally think there's like a ton of ways to mix and match this thing. This is friggin' amazing. I didn't know this existed. Well, you know, I was just looking at a conference thing for, um, you know, some all asset conference in London a couple of weeks from now. And I was like, you know, again, they have yeah, the virtual concert. tickets too. And you started thinking, I started thinking, yeah, they've been doing that for conferences, selling like virtual tickets. And it seems to be working. Yeah, I bet, that's cool. you know, there is a way to really, because they've been trying to really specialize that viewer experience of basketball in particular um, for a while now. Yeah. And, you know, it's not now all of a sudden you could sell more tickets than the stadium holds. Imagine you could play a you player. Know? They have GoPros on their helmets. And oh. you can watch as a player. Like on hockey. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need a screen stabilizer for that because you'd be getting rocked <laughs> constantly. Right? So do you want Talk to know about how like Doquan... a headset fatigue? I don't think <laughs> we ahead. talked about this, but you know how Doquan actually got busted? I know that they had some Costa Rican passports, but I don't know. The passports was it... were was so it... bad that the customs guys were like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and that's how he yeah, got wasn't busted. It... Everybody was joking that they had Serb passports and it was like his name was Do Kwanich or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Costa Rica. And, you know, you would think with that kind of money, you could do a little better than that. Oh, my God. You know, there's it's like plenty of countries you could show up in and just drop money and get a passport. And get a real um, one. You know, it, yeah, buy an asset. Stupid shit one. Yeah, it's just, it's pitiful pitiful yeah i remember the telegram guys they all went down after they had their big dust up with putin and had their facebook russia thing kind of like forced sold from or bought from them they went down there, i think it was nevis and set up there and you know all of a sudden you know within a day they're running around with nevis passports so yeah, yeah. um Look, you can buy you know there's lots of places money. So, yeah, so Doquan is just that bright. I mean, no. Doquan isn't that bright, it seems. Crazy, crazy. Uh, there was a dust-up this weekend, which I, I did a tweet about this. <laughs> I, I, just, I just like what said. What did he say? What's the point of stealing billions if you cannot get fake passports good enough to fool the most <laughs> bribable border guards in the world? Which is very true. Come on. I mean, you're standing there and you just pull out 50 grand. I'm pretty sure you're getting through customs. And exactly. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Um, so this weekend, Arbitrum uh, released a proposal to manage the $1 billion worth of ARB that they have. And I did a tweet mini tweet thread about this this weekend because it's just this fucking brain dead communications of some people that don't think about i mean you get so caught up in your ego of success that you don't think about the fucking idea of how people are going to react to what you're putting out and to me it's just it's like i'm, I'm just flabbergasted it was like allocated to three people to control there was no like system for managing who gets what money and how it gets distributed. I mean, it was just a fucking train wreck. <clears throat> I'm thinking, you know, you're this is big deal platform, tons of tons of volume going through it, and you don't have enough sense to like think about the fact that people are going to say no fucking way. 
so some big investors started reading the docs and were like, um, no, this is, this is, I'm not, I'm voting no on this. You know, um, I think they may have also thought that because all the people that still had tokens from the airdrop would just vote yes. Cause it came from the foundation or whatever. But anyway, um, that's a mess. They're going to break it into multiple proposals instead of trying to do one big giant proposal and discuss them separately. But didn't they go ahead and didn't they go ahead and take the tokens anyhow? No, I no, no, somewhere they, that the oh, the Arbitrum guys took tokens, even though the vote said no. There was some like media that out this morning. Well, here it is. Here's a tweet about it. Oh, Chris Black. They just assumed. I fucking hate Chris Black, but he and I have some synergies on decentralization. Um. They just assumed the fours would win. So they actually started utilizing the 750 million before the vote was done. But now the against are winnings. Team now claims the vote was a ratification, not a request. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, so who's still holding ARB? I'm not. I dumped mine at, you know, I couldn't get into the big dump at the beginning because I wasn't, you know, privy to that one. But I did get out at like a buck forty-five or something like that. Um, I was like, it has no the token has no purpose. In hindsight, There's, we should have made it clear. Yeah, because you do ETH on Arbitrum, right? Yeah. So it's fucking pointless. In hindsight, we should have made it clear that this was indeed a ratification of a decision that had been made. <laughs> so why the fuck? We've made a decision, but we're gonna put it up for vote anyway. What the fuck is okay, that? We've already. We've already stolen all the money, so you guys need to say yes. We already have it, so it doesn't matter at this point. If you say no, we still have it. Exactly. If you say yes, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for playing. You can beat off or you can vote. Pick. Exactly. The foundation treated this as a ratification of its initial setup, not an initial grant request from the Drow Treasury, and indeed has begun to use these tokens in the interest of the Dow, including conversion of some funds into stable coins for operational purposes. Wow. I, you know, wow. private chats. Paying people, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've been watching. I set up another watch sheet just for all the Ar Arbitrum stuff. And, you know, I mean, you could just see the money pouring out the door, basically, heading over to, like, ZK Sync and Starknet and starting to play there, getting ready for those airdrops. I mean, I, I don't really get much from those, but you know, I was, I've been reading about people that are pulling down, like, you know, 800 grand from the Arbitrum airdrop. Wow. And things like that. And I'm like, huh. You know, maybe I ought to hire somebody to do that. That's <laughs> because, not right. Of course, I'll never get to it. But that's um, crazy, dude. But then you know, look at like who's the guy we have? We have Merrick from Salo coming on on Wednesday, and they have a layer one chain that's you know all eco, yeah. an eco friendly layer one. Yeah. And honestly, I never heard about it until we met them at East Denver. Oh no, we and, did some you stuff know, on Salo, didn't we? But we we talked to him stuff on Salo. No, I thought we did some trading on Salo. Maybe we did. I just don't remember. But maybe it's um, seller that I'm thinking of. I think it was seller that we were doing stuff uh, on. All right, yeah. All right. All right. But there's so many chains. You know, my point is, so you look at like even like Cordao. You know, I mean, those guys are still holding it like a buck eighty or something like that. But when does everybody eventually say, "Oh, there's 120 layer ones out there"? Yeah. You know, which one's going to make it? 
who knows? But yeah, you know, exactly. it's kind of like I look, I look at Arbitrum. I, I but I love Arbitrum speed. I love the bridge, how cheap it is. I love a lot of stuff about it. Um, but the token itself, I don't know if that yeah. has legs. Don, uh, Niblet says, when Arb replacing ETH as gas on, on Arbitrum? I don't know if it is. James Strickland says, come on, guys, just a small billion. They had, and he said they had already moved them beforehand. Unbelievable. Shizzy says, Arb is a governance token because it is, because it is now a DAO and is very new to being a DAO. I give them one fuck up before they call, call them shit. Yeah, but a $1 billion fuck up is a pretty significant fuck up. If you... Here's the scary thing. Three guys in charge of all this. And the three guys, none of them had enough fucking sense to say, what's going to be the perception of this when we put it out, right? Or they had the hubris to say, we don't give a fuck what people think when we put this out. We've made this decision. Fuck you. Either way, not a good look. Not, not, not a great look. So, yeah. I mean, you could definitely say, I mean, I would have been just banging press on, before that event, before I took the billion, I've been banging press on your welcome community. We rewarded you for all of the early, you know, users, blah, blah, blah. We didn't have to do a token, but we just, you guys are the best in the world. We wanted to make sure you knew how much we really appreciated you. And so we're also taking a billion to cover, you know, um, accumulated expenses and other things for working capital and executive uh, enhancement and retention and those types of things. So you guys enjoy your money. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you could say it in ways where it's Lay like, it out before you know, at least. yeah, make the value prop to the users so they don't flip out. Yeah. Whereas now everybody's like, okay, well, wait, how many tokens can they really take? Yeah. And, you know, uh, are they going to dump? Yep. Yep. Uh, Niblet says the Arab, Arab airdrop was enormous, paid back all my GameFi losses. Ah, good for you, man. He said, Polygon <laughs> yeah. is faster and cheaper than Arbitrum and has the market share. Little reason to use any other chain. Well, here's a reason for Solana devs to jump ship. This is really cool. This is fucking brilliant. Uh, Injective has launched a, a test net, a layer two test net, um, so that Solana apps can move to Cosmos ecosystem. So now- Wait, who, 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 did, who are we talking to about? We were talking to somebody in Denver about that for like Solana devs or was that- uh, Oh, there's so much going on in this space. I can't keep track of it all, you know. Anyway, this but, is brilliant. This is fucking brilliant. I like uh, it. You've got all these dissatisfied, nervous, and angry Solana devs. You want to grow Cosmos more. This is also could be good for Canto because Canto could adopt it uh, eventually. And Injective Labs is smart enough to say, let's fucking build a layer for, for Solana apps to move over to Cosmos. It's really... It's really brilliant. It take advantage of the yeah. intent, take advantage of the fact that people are nervous about the stability of, of the platform, and make it easy for them to move. Now they're only at test net stage. The the virtual machine is called C level virtual machine SVM. Um, but to me, this is a really really smart move. I really love this. Makes me makes me very happy. Yeah. Well, to me, it's you know. Somebody, I think it was Simone at Phantom retweeted something today on um, like wallet addresses at the different chains. And, you know, um, I think Solana was still in the second or third position. Um, 
And I even think that they were ahead of ETH for some reason. And Phantom was fifth with a million wallets, but it was Solana was in there. Arbitrum was fourth. So I think ETH might have been, well, second or third or whatever. But the thing is that it was making me think about, you know, all this new stuff. And I was thinking about Phantom when I saw that. And I mean, Phantom seems to be kind of like, doesn't it seem like Phantom's been super quiet lately? I mean, I see a lot of like tweeting and stuff going on, but I don't feel like they're making any big moves. Am I missing something there? Um, they are, they, they've actually done a, a number of pretty powerful uh, announcements, but they said they have made a concerted effort to say this year that they are not doing hype. You know, they're not going to hype up shit. So they're doing the account abstraction. The new uh, FVM is launching by the end of the year. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that they're is that goal, the gasification model. Is that the gasification thing? That's the that's that's the thing that um, dramatically increases performance and throughput. Um, okay. Massive, massive increase uh, of the performance of the entire chain. Um, and they're doing the account abstraction, which Ethereum has done, which is um, pulls it away from having to deal with wallet setups and seed phrases, allows people to build interactions that are. Uh, email and password based if you want to whatever so you can log into dApps and do things on the dap um without having to do the whole wallet setup so they're doing those kinds of things oh. but they they very consciously said that they were trying to reduce hype they were trying to just build get everything going and then you know they'll ramp up more i guess on the hype machine afterwards but i don't know of any big new releases or launches on phantom i haven't heard of any but you know, they also um, are revamping their entire voting system for uh, allocation of treasury to projects, that kind of thing. So I no. think they're just I think they just decided this year was going to be the year when they dramatically increase performance of the network. I'm confident when the FVM launches uh, on mainnet that um, they are going to hype the shit out of that because developers are going to be saying, oh, my God, I can build you know, high performance, real time stuff on Phantom now that I couldn't do anywhere else before. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, by the way, for everybody, um, I don't think I talked about this like we last week, but my episode with Akash is up. Um, the CPU no. compute platform. So competing against Amazon, Azure, all of those. Uh, that's up at Mission DeFi. And then on Friday, I launched the Redstone interview. So the Redstone interview went live on Friday and then um, it is up on the podcast feed and at missiondefi.com. Uh, both of those I found to be really interesting. Uh, and I think those are both going to be big plays uh, in the space. I think Redstone is um, making all the right moves. They're announcing some really big um, uh, blue chip dApps that are that are uh, adopting their Oracle system here uh, sometime in May, I think is what they said in the interview. Yeah. I like those guys a lot. They were cool. Good shit. Um, who was the other guys doing account abstraction? Was that open Zeppelin? Were they talking? Well, I think open Zeppelin was involved with the Ethereum account abstraction thing. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to remember who was talking about that. Cause that was quite a topic of the day out at ETH Denver. A lot of people yeah. were talking abstraction. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I got a couple of more things, but I want to hold on. Let me pull this. Where the fuck is this link? Uh, I want to talk about um, uh, our buddy who almost got scammed went public with the scam. So everybody knows him as Eamon. 
<laughs> so um all the Vela stuff. Yeah. So Eamon allegedly, yeah. Yeah. Eamon went uh public with the attempted uh what what he perceives as and I I think he's right, was an attempted scam on him. Uh posted a Substack article about it and wanted people to understand how it worked so that they could avoid getting scammed like this. Um, since he uh, started asking questions, those guys have been like deleting messages. And um, so um, I, I'm, I think he's pretty safe in some of his assumptions, but I have no proof one way or the other. But what I can tell you is there was some scammery going on with regards to them uh, hijacking a uh, discord server links for that project. Um, and, everything that he's documented in this Substack uh, is going to will really shine some lights on, on how sophisticated people can be when they try to set you up and scam you. And um, it didn't, it, when, when he brought it up to me, um, it didn't smell right. And it seemed too easy. Yeah. <clears throat> the first thing I said out of the gate was you were recently a victim of, of a hack. And they're looking for people that were recently victims because we have this underlying human need to get back what we've lost. And so yep. that's what scammers love to play on is people who've already recently been victimized. And so <clears throat> um, anyway, kudos to Eamon, uh, zero G's on, on Twitter for posting this and giving the details um, and outlining everything that occurred. <clears throat> I'm proud of him for uh, coming forward with it. I think it's a good service to the, to the community. Um, and I'm glad he avoided losing his money. So, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if they picked it off of like, if they were going through the Euler, like messaging it's, boards it and things out and of a, names. came out of a conversation from you, from the Euler hack. Right. So oh, was in, okay. Eamon was in conversations with other Euler people and that's, and somebody DM'd him and they just started chatting and they were very sophisticated. They didn't immediately come on to him for, for investment. They had him write up a report and a tokenomics thing uh, for something they were looking at for investments, but they didn't hit him with it yet. Right. So they built up the anticipation, made it feel like he was part of something community, blah, 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 had some informal conversations, brought a bunch of people together to talk through investment issues and how the thing was going to work and blah, blah, blah. Um, had him start off with a low amount that he thought he might want to invest and then put it pressure on him and then put a time deadline on him. And so he was already kind of, you know, it's that whole getting it, getting the yeses, right. Getting agreement is yeah. very difficult for humans to pull back once they've agreed to something. And so, um, they just used all the classic persuasion tactics, but I, I'm, I'm glad he was able to avoid it and I'm glad he, uh, published this so everybody can learn from it. Remember that play, yeah, well done, Eamon, by the way. Um, I remember that play like a couple of years ago where somebody was doing something where they were up going, if you've had, you know, whatever seed phrases stolen, wallets hacked, whatever, you know, we're collecting a database up of all the, um, you know, hacks and stuff. So come share your information with us. And so people go there and share their information and then they get the rest of their wallet emptied. You know, it was just like it's yeah. the same thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. People, when people get burned they blame themselves of course and they want to get it back and yep. so they're a little bit more desperate so it's it's definitely something to you know always keep in mind if you make a mistake when that new next person shows up that you yep. don't know yeah be careful that they're not marking you at that point exactly um, but uh what else 
Yeah, Nibble, I was looking at that one myself. Yeah, I was going to respond to that as well. Yeah, Niblet says so. Perhaps time to allocate some time, some to out, accumulate FTM. Um, I always think it's a good time. I I really like the project. I like the people over there. Obviously, not financial advice, and you should do your own research. But um, I think that Phantom has a good team and a good future uh, from a technology and and project perspective, and so. I have personal relations. Joe and I both have relationships with people on that team. And we, you know, I, I'll speak for myself. I like the team. I think they're able, capable, strong. Um, and I think they've been adding to the team people like Jose, who are really brilliant and driven. And so, frankly, I, yeah, my personal uh, goal is to accumulate more. So I, um, you know, I like them a lot too. Always kind of have just because it was always fast um, back, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever. I like their kind of strategies now for the regulatory landscape. You know, they're they're basically trying not to do anything in the U.S. Yeah. So I like that. The only thing that worries me about them a little bit is just the Andre Cronjay, um overhang, because if they're out indicting CZs of the world and people like that, um you know, how could you not be a target after Time Wonderland and all the rebasing fiascos? Yeah. Um, you know, that worries me a little bit. Yeah. Knowing though, no, look, the only thing I want Andre to do is communicate. I think he helps drive, you know, a lot of the architecture and, and, and development that happens, but there's what a hundred, hundred plus developers on the team. Yeah. Um, and building this thing. And I think there are people with strong visions and strong tech skills on that team as it is. If something were to happen to Andre, I think that's a valid concern. I would be concerned about it. I don't think he's here in the U.S., so I'd be less concerned about it. Yeah, I, um, I doubt it. Yeah, and I also think... Um, he got a better passport vendor than uh, Doquan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a valid thing to be concerned about. But I also think he's made himself less important to the overall uh, piece of it. But I, I am so impressed with the way he's turned around his communication skills because he was a fucking train wreck. Priest. Yeah, he was. He's done a great well, job. You, you know, and look, the price, I, what do I, I think it's in like the mid-40s right now, Phantom. Um you know, I mean, the last cycle, I believe I was in that at like three, four cents or something and was selling a bunch of it at like a couple bucks. I mean, it's going to, like all of them, it'll run. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a top five, top seven. Uh, yeah, I'd say it fits in that range. Top five, type seven, or top seven, like of all the layer one, layer two plays or hybrid plays. Yeah. Um, at least top ten for sure. And so that's going to go. Um you know, and I've been watching the range for the last couple of months. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, not financial advice, but I don't see why that one gets left behind. Yeah. If everyone else goes forward, yeah. And I like their moves too. You know, I like what they're building. Um, I don't see how you could hurt yourself accumulating. Um, but I haven't looked at charts. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear Sean's chart take on that um <laughs> you know i mean just like you know how he did with canto and other ones you know looks yeah. at it and says this is what he thinks yeah i'd love to see what he thought about that chart for ftm absolutely but, you know no financial advice from any of us of course <laughs> um let's see what else i had oh this annoys the fuck out of me but whatever um 
Which one? Uh, you know, I, I just keep seeing articles published by company by these sites saying U.S. crackdown yeah. will push crypto center of gravity to Hong Kong, says Kaiko CEO. I, I'm sorry. If you're moving your crypto company to Hong Kong because of U.S. regulatory pressure, you're a bigger idiot. You, you shouldn't be running a company. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, you're going to move from the U.S., which is already screwing it up, to Hong Kong, where at any moment the Chinese government can just shut the whole fucking thing down and has blat and has shut it down in a massive, you know, to for billions of people. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't understand well, it. I don't get it. Well, I'm, he, I'm, I'm he, all for the people of Hong Kong, Hong Kong welcoming crypto, but I sure as hell wouldn't put a company there. No, I mean, look, Unless you, you have to really, what is that? <laughs> if you're, well, if you're Chinese, the SEC, maybe <laughs> the CCP is exactly where you would want to be. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right? There's some logic there. There you go. Sean. Sean says, how about we don't move any place other than the internet? That would be lovely. That would be. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, I don't see the one thing is that even though it's a total shit show here right now, um, you pretty much got to really screw the pooch before people are kicking on your door and steal, taking your stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, just a routine SEC violation. You know, you get served papers and you get lawyers and you go deal with it. Right. I mean, if you're running scams, of course, you know, you're going to get in big trouble. But for someone that's got a legitimate protocol running, that may or may not have done an ICO four years ago, I wouldn't be heading out the door to Hong Kong. No, I, I don't know if I'd be heading anywhere, yeah, you know, right? for that matter, because right. I think we're going to see a lot of CFTC pushback here now. And I think we're going to see a lot more legislation coming out um, because, again, we see all this, not this FUD everywhere, mm -hmm. negative stuff. But then all you got to do is sit down and see what's going on in the space. Fidelity, NASDAQ custodying exactly. Bitcoin, crypto and all that. Fidelity with where you can do it. I mean, those are some pretty major players that they don't seem too concerned about whatever the SEC is saying or the CFTC is saying. They're just doing it. So, yep. you know, I think a lot of Wall Street pushback is coming. Um, and so I don't think there's really any need to be rushing out the door at yep. this point. Exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, if you're going to go do an ICO and a fundraise <laughs> or do all the things they say not to do, yep. then, you know, hey, yeah, go say hi to your friends in Hong Kong. Yeah. But, they're not going to let you do it either. Yeah. You exactly. know, so, so it's, it's because it makes sense to me. I I'm did, with you. I did forget a bit of news about Phantom. There's going to be a vote to reduce uh, the number of tokens needed for a staking node from 500,000 to between 50 and 100,000. They're deciding on the amount. Oh, I did like that. 100,000. And that obviously is a good thing. Like more nodes, more people staking, making it easier to do that is a very positive thing. So uh, that I'm happy to see as well. So, um, so wait, those those nodes are paying. You told me this before when you did the math on it a couple months ago. But what are they paying? Like about fifteen percent interest on those nodes? Yeah, you get. Uh, yeah, you with pay reward out and everything, six percent. You end up with I think at about fifteen percent. So got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, depending on how obviously you know your your payback is how many of the tokens on your node are yours versus how many of the tokens are other people's right because you're sharing right they're getting some of it um so you kind of need enough to set one up and then you market for other people to delegate with you exactly okay 
Yeah. Shizzy says Lafa from do a phantom project talks about how the FVM could be what the NASDAQ eventually goes to, to trade securities on probably 10 years away. Yeah. Supposedly that fast. Sean says fidelity and NASDAQ will be on the rent will be the on ramps for the next bull run. They kill the old ones and allow regulated ones. Not good for the already, the already coin space. Not good for the already coin I guess, space. I think those who already have it, maybe. Already oh, have maybe. Coins. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Niblet says, do we need to pull some funds to get some FTM nodes? It will be easier than Canto nodes. Uh, yes. And yes, uh, I agree. Uh, we're, we've had some discussions about that, um, potentially doing that. So by the way, um, we have, uh, uh, Chuck has, um, worked very hard to set up the, an initial Canto node. And now we're setting up, a, a diversified, uh, capability with mirrored servers so that we don't risk any slashing. So he's working on that as well. All right. Sean meant altcoin, not good for the altcoin space. Yes. Well, Got we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Fidelity is not going to add a ton of altcoins, but um, the fact that they are essentially banking uh, crypto projects is a very positive thing and that they now do allow Ethereum and Bitcoin trading. I don't know yet. I still haven't been able to confirm whether or not they allow people to, to withdraw via wallet there or if you have to cash out first. But anyway. Nibble yeah. says Panto slashing scared me. Yeah, we had a few calls with ours where we almost got where we got frozen, but we didn't get uh, slashed. Um, but then we figured out some some new settings and changes from the system to make it better. So anyway, what was um, the slashing problem there? What was it? So when you're when you're st a staking node uh, for a chain, if you have downtime or miss blocks then you can get slashed. So you can lose some of the tokens that you put up for the node. And so, um, and that's part of. So like if you're not up, as well, if your uptime isn't like 99.9999% yeah. right. You can have missed blocks and catch up. It's only if you miss too many blocks and you can't catch up because it's too far ahead of you. Um, but uh, Sean, uh, Chuck has come up with some, some innovative methods for, uh, for handling that so we'll yeah, uh, we'll have more news about, more about that, that once we get that up and running yeah yeah um yeah if anybody can pull that off it's chuck exactly i got nothing else joe i'm good oh i forgot yeah uh yuga labs continues their uh <laughs> is this the same activision guy with the sexual harassment claim and everything or is this another sexual, one the exact same guy sexual harassment claims and <laughs> These guys are just like, you know, I heard an interview with the founders of Yuga Labs. Uh, I listened to a, a long podcast interview with them and was really impressed. Sound like, you know, salt of the earth kind of dudes. But then they just keep doing shit that I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you draw fire by hiring the Activision CEO? What, 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 what good does that fucking do you? You got enough money. You can hire a lot of game industry CEOs. This guy was a fucking train wreck. He's probably going to get bogged down in um, lawsuits from the Activision shit. Anyway, we'll just I, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand people. Yeah, there was one other thing I was going to say. I just thought like Shizzy put that comment in, but it's I did also hear today that a lot of small banks are stepping up to take over crypto client business. Good. That's so good news. the ones the smaller than SVB or Signature. Yep. So there's a whole group of them coming up that have just said, you know, screw it. We're yeah. going to do it. So I think this kind of is going to choke point. You know, it's like, what was that? The Hydra? 
where you cut yeah. off one head and like how many heads grow back 10 exactly. or two or something. Let's hope so. This is what I feel. It's the same thing, you know, that, yeah. which just decentralizes it more, which is better for all of us. So exactly. Exactly. hopefully, hopefully the pain leads to gain on the node things. Sean said, you can miss Sean. Chuck said, you can miss about 3000 blocks, about four hours of downtime. Niblet says Sean has charts show money flight from BTC, but there's a similar flight of cash from bank deposits. Gold and bonds are up and not enough to count. Where is the money going? Mattresses. Um, Joe, I got to drop. I got a one o'clock, so I'm going to cut Go. us off here if you're good. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for participating. I'm good. It's Chizzy, Chuck, Sean, Eamon for providing content without being here. James, we love you guys. We appreciate all of you. I don't think I missed anybody. Thanks so much for being here and participating. It was a great discussion. Great to be back today. Um, we will chat tomorrow. We have the one of the guys from Cello on Wednesday. And of course, we have Sean on Thursday for Sean Day. I hope everyone has a great uh, Monday afternoon. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, if you are listening to us on the podcast, please take a minute to rate and review us. If you're on YouTube, please take a moment to subscribe, click the little bell so you get alerted when new episodes come out and be sure and smash the thumbs up so we get boosted in the algorithm. Joe, have fun at the dentist today. It's great chatting with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mouth will be all stretched out after this. But yeah, no, good chat with you too. I love oh, this format. Oh, you can't leave me with an opening like that, dude. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh my, where does your mind go? <laughs> I hope all goes no, well. Sir. It'll be fine. It's just routine. Right. But um, yeah, great show. And everybody, you know, again, I'd love it. Shizzy in particular, you guys, if you, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking about when I said that, Chuck. You know, Chuck says, good thing it's not the proctologist. <laughs> what I was, um, but uh, Shizzy, take a you NFT guys and everything. Take a look at OFI and ORD. I'm really kind of curious of what you think of those. There's not much to look at, but also any other ordinal plays that you guys are looking at. I'd appreciate that. We can chat about that tomorrow. All right, folks. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone.